The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today, we spend some time with the executive director and president of Ocean's Blue Project, Richard Arterberry. This is Phil Bossy. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined. Uh, Richard Arterberry is the president and executive director for Ocean Blue Project. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for having us in here today. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so so you sent me an, an email explaining what your organization does, and I'm just going to read part of it, and because there's, I, I think it does a good job and gives us stuff to talk about. So uh, this must be about several years ago. So you and your then nine year old son uh, cleaned up one beach. Yeah. And after seeing the impact, you said after seeing how huge the impact was, the idea of the nonprofit grew with the goals of removing millions of pounds of plastic and for all of our marine wildlife animals today we remove over a hundred thousand pounds of plastic uh one beach cleanup at a time that's correct yes all right uh there's so there's a great story there so this is six years ago that this happened yep 2012. so what what was it that that got you and your son out on the beach that day what i mean was there you just woke up that morning and had the inspiration yeah well the world ocean day and so I decided, let's go do a beach cleanup just to get him on the beach and visit. And we did the beach cleanup, and it was successful, and it was over after that. I went back to work, and, you know, we forgot about, you know, all that. And then some students from Oregon State University emailed me, and they wanted to do a beach cleanup. So it was like, well, you go kind of go clean a beach, you know? And they're like, we need help. Can you help us get people to the beach cleanup? So I just did a mass email, and like 100 people showed up. I wasn't at the beach cleanup. I was at work. Well, they called. They were kind of frantic, like, "What do we do? What do we do?" And I'm like, "Clean the beach." <laughs> right. and, you know. And then, then what? Which I, which beach is this? Is Newport and Nye Beach? Okay. And Newport, Oregon. Certainly. So after that, it was kind of like, "Wow, maybe they, you know, maybe I could just become a nonprofit and then let these, you know, get the permits and let everyone do what they want to do and let them express yourself and have fun." And the main thing was just have fun. That's what I told them: just have fun, clean the beach, pick it up. And a lot of them were, what are we looking for? So I didn't really know what to say, but it's like anything non-organic, you know? If it's a crab shell, leave it. If it's a seashell, leave it. And, well, after they picked it up, it was like hundreds of pounds of just this microplastic they were finding. And they kind of told me, you know what, if I did a thousand of these, that's a lot of, that's a lot of debris. So I got with the students, and we kept doing more beach cleanups. And anytime, then started groups, started, large groups started showing up, um, some from companies to, um, they kept emailing me. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not even a nonprofit, you know. This is, so it became quite, quite fun. So I, I decided I'll do it on the weekends. It's like a hobby, you know. So it was like my little baby, my little hobby, what I did. And it started getting really busy, more beach cleanups, more beach cleanups. And other people in the U.S., started wanting to do beach cleanups and it got tricky. Um, didn't have insurance at the time. 
So we would use like state parks and other people's insurance. We would sign waiver forms. And it was kind of hard to get people to sign waiver forms at first. So I became very organized. And funding started coming in. I wasn't nonprofit. So it was like, what do I do with this money? You know, so I called the Secretary of State and was asking questions. They said, you just need to formulate a nonprofit. So I did. And it's never stopped. Um, <laughs> today, 56 cities is what we're working in. That's and, amazing. And, and and so I I want to go back a little bit. Let's get some of the uh, the origin story here. What's what's uh, did you grow up around uh, the ocean? What's what 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 drew you to the ocean? What's your relationship with the ocean? Well, mainly grew up um, fishing. Okay, in Texas actually, and I would go to Corpus Christi, which is you know kind of an oil rig place, but still was the ocean. Also went to Florida, beautiful beaches, you know, and warm sunny weather when it came to Oregon it was like full of rain cold and yeah the water's not warm in the ocean not here 54 <laughs> you know I froze to death I was always in this huge coat um drinking coffee all day trying to stay warm and and one of the doctors they told me I was complaining it's so cold here it's so cold and in the sun is warm in the shade it was cold even in the summer he said don't put ice in your drink anymore stop doing that you know just acclimate well, after a while, I kind of became, felt kind of Oregonian, didn't mind the rain anymore. I would just get wet, and most beach cleanups, they're pretty wet and cold. But what I noticed is people in Oregon, if they don't go out in it, they'll just be indoors the whole time. So they just embrace it, and it's kind of cool. And and, and so are, do you still fish? No, not really. Um, I still go to rivers. Um, I'm able, in September 1st, when we leave Long Beach, um, Washington, I actually work in rivers now, so we um, plant trees, Spirit Mountain Community Fund, and some other foundations. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. So I get to be around rivers, fish and wildlife a lot. I work with ODFW and U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Helps me with strategies of how to take care of our rivers. And and so so getting back to you just starting a nonprofit, I mean, that, that that's 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 not something that, that you – it takes some active uh, – uh, uh, intention to do that so you, you have a board of directors we do yes. okay yeah. how did you go about picking uh, who was going to be on the board people came to me okay and they were just passionate it's what they wanted to do and so how do you choose them at first you don't really have a board that votes so you just kind of add people on there you know and what do you expect of a board member a lot of them are working full-time, but their passion's still there. I just want them to come to the beach cleanup and hear me. You know, what do I do with this funding? Is this something that you're interested in? And one thing about a nonprofit is it's not my idea. It's not my nonprofit. It's everyone's. So we had to do a lot of beach cleanups to evolve. And what was important? What river is important? What beach is your favorite beach? Um, last year, we were able to um, work with a company called Boxed Water, and we just shot out through the whole U.S., what is your favorite beach, and what beach would you want to clean, and why do you want to protect it? And, and what was the answer? What were the answers? A whole bunch of videos of why they loved it. And so we drew a hat, and who won this beach cleanup was West Palm Beach. It was the Palm Beach Zoo, and it was about turtle habitat. So it was kind of cool to go out there and see nesting areas for turtles and so I went to West Palm Beach, Florida, and it was like 150 degrees, and I was sweating, and I'm not used to that. So you had to put ice in your drink again. I had to put ice in my drink, <laughs> yes, and hide under a canopy, you know. And and it was fun, though. I got to see really neat beaches, and I got to see the comparison of our beauty and also the microplastic we collect here. 
a lot of people in Florida said, we don't have it. We don't have it here. I found it. It was from the Atlantic Ocean, and it was as coated on that beach as it is here. Yeah, and let's let's talk about what what are you what what is in the trash bags when you guys are doing the the beach cleanups? What are what are you finding most of, uh, and and what what are the threats that those pose? Mainly, we're finding um, chips of plastic and fragments of plastic coming from marine fisheries to um, what comes out of our rivers. Um, the other thing would be cigarette butts. Uh, number one thing we find um, bottle caps. Number two, they kind of degrade the sun, kind of like we just sunburn. It burns the plastic. It breaks down. So a lot of the fragments, um, they're unidentifiable. We don't know what it once was. So it makes it interesting. Um, some of them are toys, like maybe a shovel broke and they accidentally left a shovel. A lot of that's really lost and found. It's nothing that that's really floating up from the ocean. But what I found out very fast is we have seven, seven types of plastic. And those plastics float. The stuff that doesn't float, I don't see it on the beach, you know, and maybe on the bottom, who knows where it is. And um, after doing the beach cleanups, we noticed that the plastic fragment, they get so small that fish eat them. They don't mean to. Um, the birds eat the red plastic, so you don't find as much red as you do blue on a beach. Okay, interesting. And it is. And so when we see red, we get it as fast as we can because, you know, the gull seagulls and other things will eat it. And one thing I found that is, what is a beach cleanup? Why are we focused on beaches? It's not so much beaches. It's really a large, holistic approach because what I figured out is our city streets are a complete mirror image of our ocean. If our city streets are clean, I think we'll have a cleaner ocean. From cigarette butts, they go into street drains, into our rivers. Um, where I am in Long Beach, we're looking at the Columbia River, which the Willamette flows into Columbia. So we picked up a lot of fireworks recently, a lot of plastic debris from bottle rockets and whatnot, but now we're getting it floating in, and a lot of that's upstream. And what do they oppose? I mean, we have we have a load of wells, 38 um, wells died this year. Really, no one knows why they're dying. And fish, um, we, was it, 4 billion people eat fish out of the ocean, and... Most of those fish, if you were to cut them up, have plastic in them. So is that affecting our health directly? Um, the larger fish eat the small fish. So it's kind of getting through. It's it's harming a lot of our wildlife and humans. And 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 when you you are raising these questions, are you is your nonprofit also trying to answer some of those questions? We are. Yes, we. Um, Nate Miller's vice president, um, scientist. So he does a lot of study and a lot of research. We also work with NOAA, and we kind of we kind of listen and read their articles that they publish and kind of follow. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. We would rather work in collaboration with other nonprofits that are doing studies, research, and and kind of all work as one effort. So we're all on the same page. And 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 uh, ultimately, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the the health of the uh, the world's oceans? I think the world's ocean, um, it's definitely one ocean we have. I believe the ocean's okay. It seems to be spitting the plastic out as fast as it's in there. Um, I'm not so sure about human health, actually, um, until we start doing more research and studying of what plastic is doing to us every day. I believe that our youth have the power to change it. I think they care. And Richard, uh, R- Richard... 
Arterberry is the president and executive director for Ocean Blue Project. This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. You brought in a Ringo Starr song. I did. I, I like it. The kids like it. And and, and the, it is? Octopus Garden. Let's take a listen. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade. I'd ask my friends to come and see. We would be warm below the storm in our little hideaway beneath the waves, resting our head on the seabed in an octopus's garden near a cave. We would shout and swim about the coral that lies beneath the waves Oh what joy for every girl and boy Knowing they're happy and they're safe We would be so happy you and me No one there to tell us what to do I'd like to be That, of course, was Ringo Starr in Octopus Garden. This is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Richard Arterberry, who is president, executive director for Ocean Blue Project. So so you, your, your organization has, has enjoyed a certain growth and impact that I think a lot of nonprofits would be envious of. Um, you're we in, have. What's that? We have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it grows fast. And, and uh, 60-some cities... 56. 56 cities that have yep. chapters. Right. And, uh, I, and, and at a certain point, how much are you paying attention to those chapters and how much do you uh, give them the, the, the seeds and let them grow on their own? We pay very close attention um, through emails. So basically how this works out, if someone is in South Carolina and they donate to Ocean Blue Project, we don't want to put it in Oregon. It's more or less a South Carolina chapter. 
So that's where we open the chapter in that area. Other sponsors that we have are from other areas. There may not be a beach in some of these cities. It may be landlocked. So then we want to work in river, river cleanup, river restoration, um, working on fish, wildlife, things like that. Um, what drives us the most is sponsors recently. I can't really mention the sponsor. In 2020, they've, they've kind of said I can't talk about it, but they have requested that we are a chapter in all 50 states and Mexico. So I said yes. And, and, and you're also, I mean, in, in our email that we had, some email correspondence we had before the interview, you talked about you're, you're working with NASA to research how, how to clean up petroleum from our waterways. I am. So a few years back, um, we were working with fun, fungi to remove E. coli from like a small river section in Corvallis, Oregon. It hit world news all over the place. Emails came in everywhere. A lot of people said, you should write a book, you know, and it's, but it's not really my invention. It's just nature. And what do you mean you're working with fungi? You, you, that was, that was the, the sort of the natural filter? It is, yeah. We're okay. using fungi, and we took it in a laboratory, um, small scale in a Petri dish, and we took some E. coli water, and we injected it, and it kind of died off a little bit. But then it started growing very rapid. It seemed to like it. So it's like, let's put these in some burlap bags and feed it and give it some food. And we used, used coffee grounds, burlap bags from Coffee Culture out of Corvallis, Oregon. It worked very well, but I ran into some setbacks. It was hard to really understand what kills it off, what other fungi is in the area. So I kind of scratched my head for a few years, you know, and, and studied it in more detail. Well, just about eight months ago, NASA tapped me on the shoulder. And they want to do the DNA-RNA sequencing. So I'm like, yes, let's do it. And so we're going to be in Santa Barbara, California, working with it. And we're able to be able to test it to find out what fungi works best, what it removes, how, when, and why. So it's kind of cool. And petroleum is my, is really their thought, my thought as well. And the goal of, of that would be every time cars drive around, it drips oil, gets into our city drains, it gets into our rivers. And what happens to that when it breaks down? At first, it becomes, it's a toxin. Once it breaks down, it's a pathogen, a lot like E. coli from maybe dog poo or something like that and so ultimate goal would be to use like a bioretention cell to be able to capture this stuff and then clean it up that's amazing it's going to be neat yeah and and i mean it also seems like uh, i mean you, you this the organization started with with beach cleanups cleaning up petroleum though is 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 much trickier than picking up a, a, a plastic bottle it's very tricky but <laughs> plastic bottles made of petroleum Fair enough. So, yes. it, you know, it kind of melts to a liquid in our ocean. So that's kind of where the thought came from. How do we clean this up ultimately? You know, and my question is, if this fungi is like a living organism, what is it doing to it? Is it harmful to that organism? And that's kind of why I scratched my head and kind of stopped. Like, you know, I don't want to harm other things and you know talk them into doing something they may not want to do and so with using dna and spectrometers to figure out what is going on we can see an ultimate is it really composting it or is there still something left behind so 
Ocean Blue Project is is operating uh, wide wide reaching scale as well as a very sophisticated level. But at the same time, you're just doing some fun things like you're starting to do some uh, uh, movies on the yeah. beach. It's totally fun. We're totally grassroots. Okay, uh, talk to me about the movies. Well, we um, we made a post. We wanted to do a movie on the beach, so I thought, you know, I'll get a large sheet and we'll project a movie on the beach and just have fun. Well. The first movie night, the wind was like 17 knots, like 17 miles per hour. It didn't work. So we decided, you know what? We need a beach movie theater machine like drive-in. So we got an FM transmitter so we can, uh, you know, play it on radios and, and make it a little bit better. So it's really damp on the beach. So we pulled it off last night. Um, I don't know how many people were there. It was quite a few. They were actually waiting for us to get there. And we watched um, Free Willy on the beach and it was great sunset in the background stars it was amazing it's it's it seems to me and correct me if this wrong you get ideas and you just you just put them into action well i wouldn't call them totally my ideas but 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 you know when i grew up we had driving theaters Mm -hmm. and there's children on the beach um beach cleanups can be kind of ugly you know when you remove it it's kind of beautiful to get it off the beach you save something but people can get a little bit upset about what? Uh, all the debris. Oh, Because you clean it, but you can't clean it all. It, it kind of feel defeated. Mm-hmm. So how to make things more positive, how to make things more engaging, more fun. Some people can't bend over and walk on a beach all day. Maybe they have bad knees or maybe they're in a wheelchair. So how do you get everyone involved with our ocean? I think the movie's it. I mean, it's 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 great. It's just you know sometimes you can run into bureaucracy of of an idea gets just gets churned through a lot of different layers and it takes a while for it to get into action. But it does seem like uh, Ocean Blue Project just it goes it goes very fast from from idea to reality. Well, I am. There's two ways to do things. You can ask for permission. You can ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness a lot. <laughs> Uh, Richard is the president and executive director for Ocean Blue Project. Thank you for coming in. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And just just one last uh, question: is there is there a favorite beach that you have in Oregon that you, that you like to send people to? Oh my gosh, this is this is the problem. So we're in Long <laughs> yeah. Beach for two months. Um, every beach from way north of Seattle, of Edmonds to Everett, all the way to Southern California. I'm in love with every single beach. <laughs> that was a very uh, diplomatic answer. It's hard to pick one. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.